Hi everyone, it's Will here from We're Listening. Just letting you know that we had some minor technical difficulties this week in editing, which means that we haven't been able to record for reasons far beyond my comprehension. The opening monologue, where I actually asked Keith if he belonged to any special clubs over the over the course of his life, because of course this episode is all about clubs. We are going to start somewhere around the beginning of, of Trivia Corner when the episode begins, but unfortunately we've lost the first five minutes or so. But it could have been much worse, and we really hope you enjoy the episode. So I will begin proceedings with uh, Hamish's questions this week for you, Keith. So get ready. Prepare yourself for the barrage. What did Niles find in the discount bin? Oh, God. This is hard, man. Okay, this is a hard so question. I heard him say it, and I mm-hmm. thought, I was like, oh, yeah, I could, I could do that as a trivia question. And I was like, I have no idea what he actually said, though. And it would be just, it would be me throwing <laughs> random letters together and hoping that it would work. Um, I'm not going to lie. It looks like that's what's happened. <laughs> I know that I, it's like a piece of operatic music, I'm guessing. It is. Yeah. I, I think the year is 1932. Yes, it is. So I'm going to give you half a point. I can't work out what what Frazier actually said. <laughs> so I'm, I'm, I haven't got a clue. Um, okay. Do you want me to tell you? Yeah, because I'm not. If I mean, the thing is, the only operatic music I would even be able to guess would be something like Wagner or something like that. And I know it wasn't that because I can say that. So, <laughs> I, I'm it was. Sure. I have no idea what he said. It was Flagstad's 1932 Gotterdammerung. Um, if that's how it's pronounced, obviously German, I think. Um, but oh. I don't, maybe Gotter, Gotterdammerung. I don't know. I'm not going to say it again. <laughs> um, but there you go. Okay, question two. What happened when Fraser and Niles finally moved out of the family home, according to this episode? Oh, okay. I think I do know this. Didn't he say, like... But that was one embar- embarrassing garage garage sale. That is exactly yeah. what I was looking for. An embarrassing. Yeah. I love garage sales, incidentally. I really love having a rummage. We don't really have them much in the UK. Um, a, a car boot is our equivalent. But yeah, car boots, the same thing. Are, are you a car boot fan? Yeah, I don't go to them often, but mm. I always like the idea of them. I always feel like there's a bargain to be had somewhere. Always, always. You've got to go with that belief and you'll, you know, you'll manifest and you'll come away with something good. Um, it's not true, is it? Because, <laughs> because my dad, um, when I was young, my dad um, went to a car boot sale and he got my nan a kettle from this car boot sale. Wow. Uh, and he thought, yeah, this is a bargain. This is a great deal. Got her a kettle. So went home, got you a kettle. That's great. Thank you very much. Nice. She she went to fill the kettle. Oh, no. She flooded the kitchen. Turns out there was a hole in the bottom. Oh, my God. That <laughs> so, is just one of just massive health and safety risk. But also, you got to check the product. you got to check the product for you, <laughs> for you part way to the shady people at the car boots. Um, <laughs> a cautionary tale there for anyone who's got a garage sale. Well, not with COVID going on. I don't think there's going to be many of them happening. But, uh, you know, they'll be back. What year key is the glass of port Fraser drinks at the Empire Club? Oh, okay. I think I do know this because, like, it's either just because it's very old or it's a, a specifically good year. But mm-hmm. I think Asia points out it's 1896. I think. Yes, it is. Um, that is so. That bottle of port must be so expensive. I mean, I don't know how it works in terms of what what can age well and what can't age well alcoholically, but. That's got to be one expensive bottle of port. The only thing I know about when you have to like when you like store anything like in terms of wine, I think you're meant to store it so that um, it's on a slight angle with the, the the liquid going towards the cork. I think. Yes, that's true. It, it's supposed to keep in the flavour. I think. Yeah, I've heard that. That's a really good shout. You're not meant to have them perfectly horizontal, are you? They've got to be slanted. 
Yeah, um, but I don't know why. <laughs> it's just that's all I know. Uh, yeah, I, I, yeah, it's weird, isn't it? Like, I imagine if it's slanted the other way. I don't know. Yeah, I just think maybe, maybe the oh, hmm, it's probably to do with like sediment and things kind of coming to rest if there's no kind of you know if it's at perfect equilibrium. I don't know. Maybe some wine aficionado is going to let us know. Uh, lastly, so you've got you basically got two and a half out of three, I'd say here. And Missy Callis's question: Why is Thursday significant for Niles in his profession as a psychiatrist? Okay, why it's significant? Why is Thursday significant? Yeah, he must mention a specific characteristic of his Thursdays as a side. I know as he, as he gets carried out of the club, he says, I could come round on Thursday to slow, it's a quiet day or something. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's what you want because that's not really, I don't know if that's a significant thing. I don't know. Um, I am not going to, I'm going to let you come to your answer. I don't want to lead you one I, way or the other. I, that's, I, that's, I'm sure that's the only time he specifically references a Thursday. So say it's a quiet day. It is a quiet day. It's a slow day. It's what oh. he says. Well played. And also, I do not remember him saying that because the ending of the episode is kind of so chaotic and loud. And um, I just completely missed that. So, yeah, really well played. That's good stuff. Do you want to read out yours? And I will end things with uh, with Corey's. Yes. So okay. I'm scared this week. I watched this episode uh, like Monday. So Did you? Yeah. Okay. Question number one. Mm-hmm. What is on the third floor of the club? Oh, God. Third floor of the club. Mm, the planetarium. It is the planetarium. Because yes. yeah. initially I, I got confused by the question. I was thinking, is it, in part, is it in a skyscraper and the club is only on one of the floors, but it shares obviously a building and so there's something else completely different on the third floor. Then I realized it's part of the club and it's all in the same building. There we go, planetarium. Okay, question number two. Here we go. How many steps are there from Fraser's room to Daphne's room? Oh man, I've made a note of this on my notes. I, I can't. I haven't got them up in front of me, so I can't. I'm not going to go and cheat. Of course, I know when Niles says it, it's a really good line. In my head, it's somewhere. This is a massive range. It, it's definitely like. Oh, well, I don't want to say definitely. I think it's somewhere between like 25 to 40. I think it's in the 30s. Whose door is, of course, only 24. 30. I'm going to say 36. I think... I'm starting to second-guess myself now, but I think it's 41. Oh, man. Yeah, I mean, my range was completely arbitrary, so I'm I'm right with you if you think it's, uh, it's 41. Um, that's what KCL has got written down as well. Um, oh, okay. God, that's frustrating. Well played, okay, it's a good question. Okay, and my final question. Mm-hmm. Uh, Niles gives three justifications for his mooning of President Nixon. Saturday. Oh, God. I don't I don't remember this at all. This has been a terrible showing. Um <laughs> oh, is it like is it something he's re- recalling he did when he was like young? Um like maybe you know young so, and carefree and So when they um they're talking about um just before they go to the club, uh, mm. he says about oh actually no, I thought of another question I wanted to ask, but I didn't write it down. Anyway, um sorry. I might have a fourth question. Um <laughs> Anyway, uh, the third question, yeah, three justifications. Uh, they're in the apartment before they go to the club for the first time. Mm-hmm. Um, and Frey just says, oh, what if someone digs up our, our past? And he goes, mm. like the time you mooned President Nixon. And Niles goes, hey, I was... And he gives three different... He says three different things. Oh, man. I'm going to say, like, young... I, I have a feeling he says young something and in love with an anarchist. I've got, got two out of three. Oh, wow. Okay, that has come back to me. Um, Young, carefree, maybe. It goes with young. 
I would say carefree. Okay, it's firm. Firm? Yeah, he was young, firm, and in love with an anarchist. What? <laughs> Such believe proud breasts. <laughs> yeah, I, I believe it is a reference to his proverbial derriere. Derriere. <laughs> <laughs> wow, there we go, man. What the hell? Okay, good question. And though. I've just come up with a fourth question because I wanted to ask it earlier and I forgot to make... Oh, at the bottom of my notes, I have a little thing that says questions, one, two, three. Mm. I haven't put it on my list of questions, but I did want to ask it, so I'm going to ask a fourth. Okay, I go um, What are the topics covered on Niles's cheat sheets? Um, so four different mistresses areas. is one. Yes. Um, maybe alma maters. I'll give it to you. School ties. Okay, I've school got ties. Um, uh, it's weird. When he first says it, I thought like the actual tie. I'm like, maybe he's, like <laughs> doing the pattern or something. That's a nice like winter knot you've got there, sir. Um, <laughs> so mistresses, club ties, maybe like hobbies and interests. Um. Uh, and maybe employment. I don't know. Something along those lines. That's what I'm going to say. Very close. I've got school ties, affiliations, <sighs> hobbies, and mistresses. Damn it, man! Affiliations was in my head, and I just didn't say it for some reason because I was like, oh, you know, it's it's a bit it's a bit of a non-term. Doesn't really mean anything. Oh, it's annoying. Good question though. Really like that. You've um, done very well, that well. Not too bad. Not too bad. Um, a bit better showing than I have done in previous weeks. Uh, so let me get MK's questions at Viewkey to see things to close this week. What two qualities are we, quote, all aspiring to be having when Frazier cocks up in KACL? Okay. Oh, yeah. Um, he's talking to Sid. He is. Oh, jeez. It's about it's about whole, like, you know, feeling confident to speak on the phone. So I'm going to say confidence. That is one of them. The other one's kind of linked. They're I'm basically... Sure. They're almost genuinely... synonymous. Okay, I, I can't really remember. I was going to go with like vocabulary or something. I'd have like a wide range of vocabulary. But um, oh, well, if it's synonymous, that's not really synonymous with confidence. Mm. Um, confidence and, I don't know, um, perspicacity. It's a good word. Perspicacity is a great word. I'm not even um, 100% sure what it means, but it's a good me word. Me neither. <laughs> but it's, uh, it, it's command command let's okay perspicacity that's actually look what it means the quality of having ready a ready insight into things or a shrewdness um yes perspicacity and confidence that's kind, a good i'm gonna kind, start using that kind of similar actually um so yeah perspicacity no no it wasn't perspicacity it was command and confidence um but you know, your command of english you were you know if you had a good command of english you'd be good you know that was kind of where you were gesturing at earlier um so not a million miles away All right question two we've we've had one of the three answers for this um which Corey will hopefully forgive us for so other than the rooms of the empire club that we see three others are mentioned in detail the planetarium is one of them what are the other two that are mentioned and in fairly like good quotes as well are they mm, certainly the last one the... i can't recall the middle one though i think i'm just i forgetting. only remember the planetarium mm, there is um... there is one that like you'll kick yourself you think oh yeah because fraser talks about it oh god mm. um this one's throwing a little curveball your way i haven't got a clue you know um <laughs> i genuinely not got i'm just trying to think what would that sort of a club have i imagine they must have some kind of maybe like a, a, a dining room for eating or something like that mm, private dining room is what one of them Kurt. that's what i'm looking for i have no idea of the others oh, um, one more maybe a, a hall of some kind what if i told you newspapers were linked the wall street journal in particular the office of the wall street journal <laughs> <laughs> Frazier um, says he wants to read the Wall Street Journal in the Mahogany Library, the famous Mahogany Library. So ooh. that is the room I was looking for. Um, that's a really nice question from MK there. Really good stuff. Um, finally, Key, where were Frazier and Niles the last time an incident warranting a formal apology occurred? 
Where were oh, they? didn't didn't Niles uh, have his secretary sent a a very sincere note after the incident at the Monet exhibit? <laughs> <laughs> well, remember to the whole quote there. But yeah, the Monet exhibit, um, just fantastic from front to back. That quote is just so good. Um, but yeah, brilliant tri- uh, quiz questions this week. Um, thank you, MK. Thank you, Corey, and of course, thank you, Key. Uh, no, thank you, you, MK. Thank you, Hammy, and thank you, Key. Did um, you say we had one from Reclear as well? Oh yeah, we did. Um, last week we Only saved to... that a little bit into the. Uh, shall I flick another coin again? Should we, should we make this a tradition? Um, okay, then yeah. Okay, let me just get my wallet out. Bear with me. Okay, Key. So I'll let you call it again, and if you get the call, you get to read it out to me. So make your call, you... sir. Okay, I'm gonna say heads. It's heads. Oh, two out of two. Two out of two. Okay, I will ask you the question. Go for it. So, the question is, how many times does Daphne call Frasier by name inside the club? Mm. So, there's definitely the the first three, because she's like, okay, Frasier, whatever you say, Frasier. Are we in love, or is this just a physical thing, Frasier? So, there's definitely three, but then I have a feeling she says it again, maybe. Um... I'm going to say four times. Oh, you're very close, ah. but it's five times. Oh, five. Okay. No way. That's a great question, though. Um, I'm going to try, try to remember where they are. I think maybe when she's like, she goes off to get some hors d'oeuvres or something. Um, maybe maybe there. She calls, him, she calls him darling at that point as well. She comes back after speaking to um, one who was meant to be indicted for the sales and loans scandal. Oh yes. yes, no, um, just acquitted. <laughs> I love that guy. But yeah, thank you, thank you everyone for those questions. Absolutely fantastic. Um, shall we jump into the review this week? Okay? Yeah, let's go for it. So that was twenty-one minutes, by the way. That was a long trivia corner again. Um, okay, let's <laughs> let's uh, freaking go. Um, okay, animation key. What was it this week, please? I think was it fireworks? Yes, it was. I'm trying to think. I think we only had this once before because I remember just lambasting them for how poor their nineties graphics were. But I think I think this is maybe the second time we've had them. Nice change from the elevator at the Space Needle. Back to KCL. So kind of back to normal. I think we, I, I did comment last week that we missed it. It's always very, uh, very conspicuous in its absence. I think in these episodes when, when we're not there, um, and weirdly, Frasier is wearing a suit a lot like the one we saw him in in Cheers when we looked at him last week. Did you maybe notice this at all? Did you think it was a bit of a similar vibe? I did not notice it, but yeah, no, a bit I, of a grey blazer, you know. know. Very nice. He's rolling back the years, isn't he? He is rolling back the years. The years when he was shacked up with a barmaid. <laughs> shacked up with a barmaid. I can't wait till we get to those quotes man that guy with the mustache man you know i went to princeton <laughs> i love that guy <laughs> um so i'm i'm kind of I, I put here a bullet point this must be in response to um to frazier cocking up his lines but like how whenever i present something obviously speaking at conferences or whatever it's pretty much expected in in the humanities at least um to to, to work from a script like you know you try and you give it like and you don't read it in a really rote way you kind of have a natural performance to it but it's very rare someone will, will go up and give a talk and they're just ad-libbing unless they're like a senior professor keynoting or whatever um but i'm someone who really has to write things down like when i'm when i'm going to say them. how are you how are you a kind of off the cuff ad-libbing because i say that i'm actually okay on this podcast because my bullet points are really minimal and obviously this podcast you have to just be improving all the time so i'm not so bad on here but in general i find it quite hard i think it depends what i'm talking about really like, i have notes on this podcast but i do not look at them at all to be honest with you ah um, so you just it, got a good recall yeah I, i'll have the script in front of me if i want to get a particular quote or anything 
mm-hmm. um, and possibly sometimes just to get a general idea of okay next scene and things but the i take notes in the episode more to help me with the trivia because if i write something down i remember it better than just hearing it that's a good chat yeah um, so really the writing it down is more for, um for me so that i'll remember it better for trivia and stuff mm-hmm. um but i don't really look at my notes but when i used to do like when I do presentations and stuff, my style would usually be I didn't have a script, but I would I do what if you're acting, you'd call it rehearsed improvisation. So you'd mm-hmm. make it, you'd work, you'd just ad lib and make it up. Then you'd do it again and again and again and again. So you pretty much know exactly what you're going to say, but without having a script. Mm, that's yeah. I but, think I think weirdly, I I do a kind of hybrid of that as well actually, because like you know little asides to the audience and stuff that feel natural when you're listening to them like if you just suddenly stop and say oh you know you might be familiar with this by the way that sounds natural to them but that's the kind of line i will have already rehearsed you know what i mean like so i think yeah i think i do what you've just described actually that's a good little showbiz term a little showbiz secret you've taught us there there we go letting you in on all the little secrets <laughs> really lifted the curtain back um a lovely lo- lovely line from Roz here. that was a show good frazier <laughs> really uh, i really like that just really the way she says it it's got a really childlike and it's got a good little ring to it that was a show good frazier <laughs> thank you Roz. niles comes in at this point i've just made a real really weird note here of, of frazier's response so niles comes in and he's you know you might know someone who's going to be in that club now. And then Frazier says, what are you up to? And he's like, you know, you've had that same look on your face since blah, blah, blah. What, I just think, what are you up to? It's a really strange thing to say in that instance when it is quite clear beyond all doubt that he's referring to the fact he's joining the Empire Club. Um, I just, this struck me as a weird line. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, the only thing I can think is that he knows what he's getting at, but knows that he knows how exclusive it is, and that it's it's a bit like Dead Man's Boots, isn't it? That you've got to replace an existing member to get in. Mm. Um, he he maybe thinks that he's devising a plot to get someone out so that he can get in. That is a good show, actually. Um, I've not. I've, I, there's a great film, a British film, really dark that I love called Dead Man's Shoes, and I always wonder where the saying comes from. But you just use Dead Man Boots. Is it is it like? What is the vibe of that saying? Could be wrong. I know it um, from Red Dwarf. There's an episode where oh. someone wants to join a different uh, ship, a different crew, uh, and the only way to get in, they they refer to it as Dead Man's Boots. You will face off against someone else, and if you win, uh, they get kicked off in order to make space for you, basically. Ah, oh, okay. Oh yeah, it's, um, a, it's a funny saying. I wonder where it comes from. Phrase could be Dead Man's Shoes. I could be wrong, and. Uh, no, I, I I think maybe it's probably got a few variations. Um, Red Dwarf probably play around with it a little bit, knowing them. So Judge Clements has suffered a massive stroke, which Niles takes some kind of sick delight in. A stroke um, of good luck. A stroke of good luck. I love the way Niles laughs at that. And then Frazier kind of mentions that this is when Frazier mentions he wants to. He's always dreamt of reading the Wall Street Journal in that famous mahogany library. Which I, I mean, I'm not a huge newspaper reader, but reading in a mahogany library does sound pretty fantastic. And I just love again, she, again, she's sidelined in this episode, but Ross makes the most of these these moments, early moments in the episode when she's phoning the is it a senator? Um, oh yeah, Walter Strickland. I think. Yeah, the less you know, the happier you'll be. I think it's such an amazing, amazing line. Um, I love the way he goes, Walter Strickland Jr. And she just looks back and goes, Senior. <laughs> senior i love that that's a, another good joke because it was already funny that like ross has like you know got friends in high places friends with benefits in high places but yeah the senior is a touch of genius after this we're back at the apartment martin's dogs are killing him is this a phrase you use or familiar with key because i i use this quite a lot so my dogs are barking and my feet hurt 
and I got it from Jacko, a mutual friend of from from us. Um, and I wonder, always wonder where he got it from. But yeah, you're familiar with this. Um, I know of it from like American TV and things like that. I don't very rare. I know someone who, who refers to their feet as their dogs. It is weird like, um, when you actually break it down. <laughs> and to an extent, it makes sense because you like your walker dog, your feet walk. That you know, kind of works. But yeah, yeah it, I know it, what you mean. I've never used it myself as a phrase. No, there's there's a lot of phrases that we hear on this show. You just think, mm, should I adopt this one into my own vocabulary or should I leave it, by the way? So we, obviously, a few episodes ago, we talked about um, Frasier's name is for his... Uh, oh, yeah. He's, yes. he's, well, that was quite a while ago, actually. That was about was quite a while, but 17 he's, weeks he's, ago. Do you think the Prince of Wales is a contender? I think it could be. I was just about to say, I don't particularly enjoy Daphne's royal family monologue here. I, I maybe I'm just being a bit of a Scrooge. I just it it doesn't get anything from. I don't get anything from it. I didn't really laugh or smile. You know, she talks about the walks on the Queen's pins, which is relatively plausible. Um, but then she has a lot of jokes written for her. So this isn't Daphne or Jane Leaves' fault. Um, she has a lot of jokes written for her where she has these monologues that then suddenly go really surreal and dark at the end. And it's just like, it is a humor that's altogether completely different to everyone else in the show. And yeah, it just didn't quite work for me, but I think I'm being very critical here. I imagine, I'm getting the impression you enjoyed it. I don't know, I wouldn't say I enjoyed it. I'm a bit like with you. I was like, yeah, right. no, it's all right. Um, but I, did, I, I, didn't, I didn't laugh out loud. No, um, no. But what I would say is that I, I think it might have been a joke that was funnier in its time, just because. And feel free to correct me on my history, my years here. But was this? Did this come? When? When were Charles and Diana struggling in their marriage? And obviously, rumors of like his affair with Camilla and things like that. Mm -hmm. Um, I, they got divorced in '94, did they, or in the mid '90s? Um, so a similar time to this episode. So the idea of him referring to his um. Well, okay, his, his penis. <laughs> his member. His, his member, John yeah. Thomas. <laughs> a much better way of putting it, yeah. His, his <laughs> the idea of um, introducing, you know, calling his member the Prince of Wales and making a joke about it going off with a cocktail waitress, hmm. I think would be funnier at the time there was a bit of a scandal going on. Um, but maybe, you know, best part of 25 years down the line. Not, I just don't think it, it doesn't resonate in the same way as a joke, to be honest. I think you're right. Yeah, actually, I hadn't thought about that. I think I think Charles's uh, reputation was pretty well known even before things hit the rocks with uh, with Diana. So maybe yeah, I mean the royal family get it quite in the neck anyway on this show. You know, Martin, I'm sorry we can't all be as chaste as the royal family, etc. In a different episode. So yeah, I think it's it's lampooning them is part of the course of these writers. I think who are they kind of have that affinity like Fraser and Niles to Anglophilia and stuff so they want to want to get some references in there um, it's an easy joke to make when you've got like a character who is English it's an yeah. easy joke that you know American audiences are going to get mm -hmm. no, it's, a, it's a symbol of like obviously the royal family are known around the world and your average American listener you know even if they've never been to England don't know much about the culture they'll know who the royal family are so you can make a joke about it and it'll still work both sides of the pond, so to speak. Yeah, yeah, completely. Um, I mean, I, I was a bit critical of, of Daphne here, but she does have a really good line after this where she says, you'll have the most handsome, the handsomest midriff in the club, um, which I just I just found a really funny line. Um, it's kind of underplayed. There's not like a big laugh track after it and stuff, but it's just a just a funny line. The, uh, you know, the, it's a bit like when she has to keep the sock dividers in Fraser's drawer and things like that. It's just, you know, 
So here we have reference to two Balinese loots. Um, obviously the reference as well to the embarrassing uh, garage sale. Is, is this in as in Bali? Is that where is that where these loots would have come from? Balinese? Is that is that what I'm reading right? I suppose so. Yeah. Mm. I um, I just all I really got was two loots. I don't really the first one didn't really appeal to me, but. It kind um, of just, yeah, it's just one of those classic Frasier and Nars words that you just kind of blot, blot out. Yeah, but I think you're probably right in the Bali, Balinese, maybe. Not really yeah. a place I associate with the loot. Um, I mean, I don't really associate anywhere with the loot, but uh, <laughs> yeah, Bali. I associate the loot with Martin Prince from The Simpsons. And that's yeah. My go-to, to be honest. Oh, um, also, what, Prince. What is a, is it a, a decoupage kit or something he says? A decoupage. Um, what? What's a decoupage cut? I think yeah. it's when you like um, basically like stick things to other things and like decorate. It's a bit like um, crafty, craftier uh, like sticking patterns and things to other things. So like if I, you know, I've got like a desk here. If I cut up all my New Yorker covers from my subscriptions and like glued them all over the desk and made a really cool like new desk, that would be decoupage. Uh, decoupage, however you say it. So basically that. Um, it's kind of like a, just a crafty thing with paper and glue. And um, Maybe people listening actually do it, so I'd be interested to hear. So someone actually mentions this, I think we'll get to it in Listener Mail, but I, I'd already made a comment. Niles comes in looking very formal, very well-dressed, and he has that classic look with the white scarf around the, the high neck of his blazer. It, it always kind of annoys me because it's just a fashion thing, isn't it? Because that's serving zero purpose in terms of functionality. Like, because it's not around his neck, the scarf is not going to warm him. It's just it's on the outside of the coat, doing nothing. I just, how do you, what do you make of this? Yeah, genuinely, whenever you see scarves in films and TV programs, I'd say seventy to eighty percent of the time they are not being worn correctly. No, people they they wear them like this, and even if it's just or even if it's around the neck, but it's just draped the once, and they haven't like thrown it back around. It's not really doing anything. No, it's it's purely as a fashion accessory rather than having any practical use at all. Yeah. Um, that said, Niles does look damn good. It so, does look good. <laughs> it's a look I would want to emulate. So you know, I yeah, don't hold I would, it against um, him. I would go around wearing a scarf like that if I could. Maybe I'll buy one for Christmas, Keen. You can just walk around the house in a dressing gown, but with a white scarf around you. There'll also be that guy who just sort of flicks it over my shoulder periodically, like <laughs> um, um, as I turn away and things like that. When you say your name's Max Power and you just flick it <laughs> over your shoulder. <laughs> um, I love the the bit now where they're discussing the skeletons in our own closets, and then Martin just and <laughs> sprays the beer all of his eyes. Um, just the physical acting from John Mahoney is amazing at this point. Just really, just really love that this kind of interaction, the way they look over at him and, and Martin there in the chair. Um, and then Daphne coming out of the bathroom saying, I've got more gunk under my nails. I look like I've been worming a pig. One of the most disgusting yes. lines. It just provokes such a visceral reaction from me. It was like a violent shudder. Yeah, oh, it's not nice, is it? And it's absolutely horrible. Um, I'm curious, what is in Daphne's hair? Is it like little flowers or something that's in her hair in this episode? Are they like rollers? Um, they're rollers, is that what it is? I think they're rollers. I don't I know, I can't remember. There was something in her hair and it was just confusing me. But, I um, couldn't remember um, off the top of my head if I think now, but I think they're probably rollers. I think we see them with her. She, we see her have them in a few times over the course of the show. I'm thinking like when Donnie's parents show up um i think she's got she's got them in there so after after we the horrible line from daphne it's when we realize that fraser's date's cancelled to go to the club and he's gonna have to take her and obviously she scrubs up very well compared to when she was cleaning out the the 
Did I assume the drain in the bathroom? Um, I'm not quite sure. I think sure she says doing. that it's grout. Grout, says, yeah, yeah, even weirder. Um, but I'm not enough of a handyman to actually know what you'd be grouting. So. Not me neither. Um, a weird one, and also just you know, one of the one of the guys do it. Stop making it do every damn thing in the house. Um, That's so a job, you say, because yeah. <laughs> not doing much of the physical therapy. She's a physical therapist, a grouter, um, and uh, everything in between. So they show up at the club, and I love Nars' reaction when he sees Daphne. Um, like it's just just classic, classic between those two. And again. The reference to her being a goddess, which we've had about three times now. Like, well, you are a man. She is a goddess. I love the way he says that. And I have made a note key, and it is definitely 41 steps from your own. See so what you make of this kind of entrance into the uh, into the club with them all there. It's nice, actually. It's nice to see Daphne. I mean, we see it a couple of times. There's another one, I think, famously, where um, her and Niles obviously are dancing together, which I don't think that's Moon too dance. far away. Yeah, yeah I think that's, that's next season. Uh, um, so we do get these sort of moments where she kind of she gets to be their equal in a social setting, and I always really mm-hmm. like that. Yeah, because right. you can she can certainly cut it. You know, what I mean, she looks the part. She 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 can work the room in the sense that you know, in this one, she's talking to the guy who got done in the say savings and loan scandal. Yeah, and I really do like the way she's jabbing at him. Every, you know, with hello Frasier and just Frasier. I, I really like it. Yeah. And in terms of Nars' reaction, I love the fact that we it's consistent in the sense of that's how you would expect expect Nars to react. Mm-hmm. And, but it is toned down rather... If they'd have been at the apartment and he'd seen this, it would have been a much more, I think, flamboyant reaction than the toned down one we get because he knows that he's in public and in a, a setting that is somewhat formal and he has to make a good impression. Mm. Um, so the physical comedy is not as it probably would be in the apartment, but... It, I really like the fact that you have that that nuanced reaction and these just little comments about her being, say, a goddess and things like that. Yeah, I think uh, a very very great summary there of this scene. Um, I do like the fact that it's the three of them together interacting in a different social bubble than than usual, and the set of the of the club is really interesting as well. Like the more I look at it, the more I'm trying to think where have they possibly reused this set from, or what's what's the kind of loose structure that there may be, you know. You know, they've got that kind of that Robert French shop or something. I don't think we've been there yet. Um, but it's interesting to see how they kind of make these sets for, you know, it's only in this episode for all of 10 minutes and they've gone to a lot of effort. So we have now them starting to schmooze the the people in the club with their with their kind of what they're called. There's something cards. So you, you gave them a term earlier. Like little cheat sheets. Cheat sheets, yeah. Um, I can't remember what Niles calls them. He calls them something cards, I think. Um, but yeah. They they meet the the guy who went to Princeton, um, as he likes to tell them. <laughs> and the great line about, uh, uh, well, obviously we have the line I've already mentioned about, no, he was just acquitted. But we have one of probably the most quoted lines on, at least on Fraser Fan Club, which is when Nars says, My brother is too kind. He was already eminent when my eminence was merely imminent. Um, <laughs> just an excellent line. And again, a line you could only have in Fraser, which I love. And there's reference to the SNL scandal here. Is that SNL as in Saturday Night Live? <laughs> or is it just meant to be an abbreviation for something we don't know what it is? Uh, so I think it's savings and loans scandal. Oh, S and L. Oh, I mean, I, um, I kind of did that tongue in cheek. I knew it wouldn't be referencing Saturday Night Live. <laughs> um, but I didn't realize it's S and L. That makes complete sense. Is that a term you hear a lot in your line of work? Not more a, American. A lot, but it does. It really did remind me of something, and it's 
It's just one very fun little like little trivia fact I know, not about Fraser, but about sort of life. So mm. uh, I'll ask <laughs> you, and we'll see how you get to it. Basically, um, a few years ago now, turn, around the turn of century, probably a bit later, maybe the, towards the recession sort of days, there was a very famous bank in the, in England in the UK called um, the Bank of Credit and Commerce International. I don't know if you ever heard of them. Uh, I don't think so. Um, well, they were they were very. I'm not gonna. They they acquired a reputation, shall we say, in the media, and the media dubbed them the the Bank of Crooks and Criminals International. Wow. Um, and they were known for, I think, having quite high that you could potentially get good interest rates with them and things like that. And then one night they just literally they went bust and everything went overnight. And a lot wow. of the regulation we have today with the Bank of England comes so, as a, a re- reaction to that. Um, anyway, the, the, the idea, I say savings and loans scandal, it reminds me just of that case. But I'll ask you a question because that the case that followed it is quite famous because of the legal costs incurred and the amount of time of the opening speeches in trial. Right. So the opening speeches by both the prosecution and the defence are the two longest opening speeches in English legal history. Wow. I would do you take a stab at how long each of them were. Bear in mind oh. that we're talking days, not hours. And court what? doesn't sit every day. That's the only clue I'll give you. Jesus. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm not very well versed in filibuster law. Um, let me see. Days. You're talking days. Um, yeah. And they don't sit every day. So it maybe went over a course of a couple of weeks or. Oh, man. I'm, I'm going to be way off here. I mean, I've got no idea. I have no kind of benchmark here to go off. So I'm just going to say. I'm going to say four days. Okay. It's um, going to be something like 10 years or something. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So the um, the prosecution were represented mm. by Gordon Pollock QC. Okay. Um, which stands for Queen's Counsel for anyone who's not first in English law. Thank um, you. And he stood up. He did his opening speech and he sat down 80 days later. Oh my God. Then the defense represented by um, Nicholas Stadlin stood up. And brilliantly, um, because he was representing um, the bank, because I think they ended up actually suing, I think, the Bank of England, I think, um, Mm -hmm. because um, obviously the bank had gone bust, so there wasn't a bank to sue. So they sued the Bank of England, I think, for not regulating it properly. Mm -hmm. Um, I should say, this is absolutely not... I don't know much about this. This is just purely anecdotal. (laughs) Um, So, uh, yeah, so uh, Nicholas Stadlin stood up, and I think his opening line actually was, and now, my lord, the empire strikes back. Oh um, my god. We got a Star Wars reference in now. Uh that and he ridiculous. Sat, he sat down 119 days later. I, on a I just quickly if this can even be summarized, why because why were they so long? There was basically the an Is opening it to buy time. Well, no, an opening speech um again, I'm not a barrister. I'm not ever going to be a barrister. I'm not going to But you know far far more about law than I would I would imagine most of our listeners. So you do so, have some authority here. Well, what else? um basically an opening speech so summarize basically everything you're going to cover just very quickly as a brief summary. This is what it's about. This is what I'm going to cover. That's just mm. a bit. Um, and there was just so, so much documentation to go through. I think literally the lever arch files in the court filled the entire courtroom. It was, it was crazy. Um, oh and they just had that much to summarize that that's how long it took. And that that I know, just... again, this is a long way before my time. Um, but mm. I, from what I, I understand just from like national papers and things like that, there was a lot going on with 
people saying, you know, this there isn't a case here. You have to stop it. You're going to waste so much of the Supreme Court's. Well, they were then the House of Lords. It's since been sort of rebranded as the Supreme Court. But they were going, oh, you're going to waste so much of the court's time and money. You have to sort of stop this. But the problem was, is that obviously the Bank of England, so the, the government were in the sense, obviously, interlinked with that and things like that, because being a public entity, um, it all got very complex and basically it just sort of got stopped overnight and um they withdrew their case but i i shudder to think how i mean we're talking millions of millions i think in legal fees were incurred um and and it never really went anywhere basically you, but... you would have loved to have been called up for jury duty for that because they pay you so much when the when it starts to run on like the current rate of pay in the uk for jury service if if the if the if the thing's still going on after like six months or something or maybe even four months you start getting like 200 quid a day it's mad so if you got if you got bloody picked up for that your, your quids in um, um so just in terms of the legal costs i'll tell you now because it's on the independence website everything i've said i should say it's all on my national papers and stuff so if you want to read about it do feel free mm-hmm. um but according to independent the legal costs after the opening speeches alone for the liquidators were 50 million and for the bank was 100 million jesus christ um it's just so, it's just scary isn't it it's just crazy God, one hell of an interesting little tidbit there, Kate. A little bit of a tangent. Yeah, but good stuff, man. You're going to teach a lot of listeners a lot of stuff there. Um, And I think some of those facts, and and especially about the record-breaking speeches, just really interesting to to find out. I feel like after, after, if I'd heard a hundred and something day speech, I would need a discriminating choice, which is scotch to drink, which is what (laughs) Fraser orders. Um, And the old guy turns around like, there's a discriminating choice. That guy, his voice... He annoys me a little bit. Like later on, it's like, "What are you trying to say, Crane?" Like he's just unnecessarily like, I don't know. He's he kind of starts out thinking, "Oh, he's actually quite a good actor. His chops are good." And then he kind of descends a little bit into like melodrama. But we talk about like Frasier here. He has his favorite line that he's dreamed of saying since he was a child, which is, "If you need me, I'll be at my club." And of course, he uh, he goes there. Um, but before we, before we, no, does he say that? Does he say that when he's in the in the club with Niles? How he's always dreamed of saying that, or no? I think um, he says it to um, to Roz when they're back in uh, Novosa. Don't know. That's it. That's it. When they're in Novosa, because my next bullet point is the coffee count, um, which this week um, is one. One thing I'll just say very quickly: mm-hmm. um, the butler, I think his name's Wentworth or something like that. Do you recognise yeah. him? The one who like strong arms Niles out. No, the old, the older guy, not the big the old guy. guy. Yeah, no, the, the, the oh, I don't think I do, no. Um, did you ever watch Father Ted? I haven't watched Father Ted, unfortunately. Oh, so, uh, the actor who plays uh, Bishop Len Brennan in Father Ted, it's uh, it's Jim Norton, who's the same guy who plays Wentworth. Ah. Well, I know people listening will have watched Father Ted, um, particularly Steve. Um, so that's that's a good little, good little tidbit. Um, the coffee count is three this week here, which brings us up to 52. Niles Ross and Frasier all partake. They talk over here each other really quickly again when they finally do reconcile and apologize. Um, but it's it's not so fast that it's like impossible to hear. So I didn't really pay much attention. Like we talked about the last time they did this with the onyx and the the switchblade, the Swiss Army knife. That I might keep an eye out and try and translate these moments. But if you actually go back, this one's not that not that good. Um, it's not the same. Um, I love when they they get the phone call now 
And I just think Niles is so presumptuous when he just says, be gracious to Frasier. As if assuming because he didn't get it, Frasier definitely won't either. Um, I don't know, just kind of a bit of a barbed line there, even though they've just apologised to each other. I still think Niles is getting a parting shot there. What do you think? Yeah, I kind of took it that he... he... No, no, you're right in a sense, because when he first says it, I assume that he thinks Fraser is going to be successful in the sense of... Oh, oh so you think he's saying it's be gracious to me? Well, I, I, that's how I... When he first says it, mm. that is how I would interpret it. But you're oh. right in that his reaction... Obviously, Fraser hangs up the phone and Niles assumes he hasn't gotten it as well. Um, ah. So, a strange one in that sense. I, I'm not really sure. It, I don't know. It is a bit of a weird one. Um, yeah, I, I I always assumed he meant be gracious in defeat, but yeah, I think it's an, it's it's open to interpretation there. Um, obviously, I love the way Nas just says congratulations. The way he says that is so like he's just the way he kind of purses his lips. He's just so peeved at this point. Um, I just think it's really good. And I'm just waiting for him to go out so that we can see him come back in. That's what I absolutely love in this scene. So yes, yes, this is a. <laughs> Best day of my life. Um, lattes for everybody. <laughs> well, interesting you should say that. Lattes for everyone. Because that is the line that, that launched the coffee count. Because in I Hate Fraser Crane, of course, Niles was like, free lattes, victory lattes for everyone around a victory latte. So kind of interesting um, to have that kind of come full circle. But we also have two repetitions in a similar way here. Niles says to Frasier, you're a good brother, a line that does get used a lot in the show. And then literally minutes later, Martin says, you're a good kid to Frasier as well. And he suggests his plan to go and uh, get Niles his place. Um, so I just think it's an interesting thing going on there with the fact that those lines are repeated. We have the lattes for everyone. Um, Mar Martin teaching Eddie some tricks here. I mean, I I've had two dogs in my lifetime. Um, neither of them could do any tricks uh how do you where do you stand on on pets doing tricks okay does it impress you or you just think who gives a shit just let me you know a pet should be to love not to to dance around for a piece of candy yeah i probably wouldn't be the sort of person trying to make my like kid kid dog mm. um dog do like <laughs> tricks and things but i'm always really impressed when someone says like stay and the dog stays or if like they say I am impressed if a, if a dog can like follow simple commands just because I don't know like cats don't do that so. no they don't they just you drop them and they land on four leg or their four legs that's the that's the only trick cats know yeah, um, and then they just walk away without caring the world <laughs> I mean there's a guy who lives over the road from me who who I think is training his dog or is in the process of it's been trained and he's just keeping it trained and he basically he walks it quite late at night and he goes along quite a narrow footpath outside my house and the road outside my house is very busy as well and uh i can just hear him if i've got the window open going you know stay stay like screaming at the dog and like i've heard him at some points where the dog's just like not exactly doing what he wants like you know he just wants to have a little sniff of a bush or something because you know it's a dog he's just i've heard him say to it right we're going home we're going home and he like <laughs> he turns around and drags it like honestly the dog has been so disobedient apparently within the first minute of their walk he takes it back home and honestly i'm just like what a sad little life for that dog man exactly you know? yeah let the dog be a dog Exactly. Um, when I take like, like my brother's dog out of something and she wants to have a sniff, I just like, let her because like that's all they do. That's the only bit of variety in her life. You know what I mean? 
only time I'd even be stern with a dog is if like you're trying to keep them away from another dog or something, and they're about yeah, to fight. Yeah, I mean, we do have to like, absolutely bowl her for that. But um, but yeah. other than that, like just let them do what they want. Like if they're not gonna like if they're not gonna do what they say, then they're not gonna do it. So just let them have a bit of fun. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Simple um, as that. Completely agree. Completely agree. Um, not to say Martin is doing what the old guy across my road is doing with Eddie here. He's just being playful. Um. If, you know, Chucking ham on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think that's a trick we could all get behind. Okay, listeners, it's competition time now. Preston over at the Fraser Project is giving away a very special and rare plush toy of Eddie the dog. Eddie Crane from Fraser moves himself in plush toy form. And there are a few steps that you need to enter this competition. You've got to join the Fraser Project Facebook group. You need to sign the Fraser Lego set petition, and you'll find a link for that on Fraser Fan Club. You'll find it on the Fraser Project. Um, you'll find it on all those places. And you also need to email a secret passphrase, which I'm about to give you now, to the Fraser Project. So the secret passphrase is Kennedy Burling. If you're listening to this podcast for the first time ever, you're not going to know what that passcode means. But if you're a regular listener of the show, then of course Kennedy Burling was the passphrase. You need to email that to thefraserproject at yahoo.com, and that's all lowercase. And you'll stand a chance of winning a Eddie Plush toy. So we have now Niles obviously comes to the apartment, realizes what Fraser's doing, sprints down to the Empire Club to stop this because I would also be on Niles' side here. As Fraser's humiliating. Yeah. Fraser's doing a good thing, but also think Fraser has enough social nous to know that Niles wouldn't want this and he wouldn't want this in, in Niles' position. So why is he doing it? I, I the think right way, the right thing for Fraser to do is to go about trying to network and manoeuvre it so that there'll be another opportunity for Niles in the future. Yeah, exactly. Right, Or just you know, quit altogether and just say neither of us will have it. But don't be like, yeah, it's just it makes him look about six years old that his big yeah. brother's having to get him in. And you'd never feel comfortable going there. You know, no, you it. wouldn't. You'd no. feel like you, hadn't, you hadn't been taken on your own merit, which I think is literally what Niles says. Um, no, completely. I mean, one of my favorite, probably my favorite line from this episode, actually, definitely is when he says, "Well, of course, blood is thicker than board." <laughs> I stand corrected. <laughs> the way the way he says that, he sips the port. Um, that is my my pick of the pick of the line. Obviously, Niles arrives at this point and things descend into chaos. You know, I'm talking to you, fuzzy, <laughs> and I just Niles, I didn't get in. You did. They got us confused. And just the way he goes. Huh. What? <laughs> the way he says what? Um, just love the complete turnaround from him being, I'm Niles Crane, every man, friend of the average Joe. <laughs> friend of the average God, Joe. Man, don't stand there, fetch me some porn and step live. Like, just to get <laughs> my three lines. So it. good. Um, I do think my last bullet point is that the guy picking up Niles is a bit much. For an Empire club, you know, a club as prestigious as this, I don't think they would go to these extremes. Plus, he's clearly just another porter he's not a bouncer so i don't and think him yeah it's weird enough to be a bouncer in any event like because he's, he's he's a bit tall but he's not particularly like broad or anything i want he's say. just taller than Niles, which isn't exactly hard to be so yeah um yeah i just think it's a it's a funny one but um doesn't quite I, wash I do like Niles' is complete sent into i'm not madness but he's complete loss of decorum as he's going out just i could just sit there and not say anything thursday's a slow day <laughs> <laughs> it's like please take me and he's just like grabbing the wall 
Um, oh, that little hand just appearing. so sad, isn't it? That is like the saddest sign in any language. Um, is this episode in your top 10, Kay? It's not in my top 10. I was thinking last week that this was a, a possible contender for a top 10. Because I do really mm. like this episode because I love the just the relationship between Nas and Frasier in this episode <clears> particularly <throat> really reminds me of me and my brother. Mm. Um, and this is probably... Everything they've done, the good and the bad in this, is probably how me and my brother would act out this situation. <laughs> I love that. Um, so I do really, really have a lot, a real soft spot for this episode. But um, it's probably just not consistently funny in every scene for me. To just as a, I don't, it's probably not as good as some of the others, just for a top ten place. But it would probably be in my top fifteen, top twenty. Yeah, I, I, I do rank this high, and it's going to be high in our season two recap episode, I'm sure. I just ultimately wanted to see a little bit more of the club, I think, just the two of them interacting yeah. a, a sequel to this episode where they're both in would have been good. I just I would have loved an entire episode set at the club and all of the kind of interesting cameo characters there, like the Princeton guy that you could have had. Um, I went to Princeton. Like, I, absolutely. <laughs> right, let's be clear. Buttering someone up is not that easy in real life. Oh, um, <laughs> just absolutely amazing. And just the way he says acquitted and, oh, God, that guy. But yeah, just more more Princeton dudes, man. It would have been funny. Um, I'd like to have seen a little bit of that. Um, your favourite actor pick this week, Kay? Oh, it's it's, it's obviously got to be between Fraser and Niles. I think um, it's looking that way. And umming and ahhing, but I'm thinking I'm going to give it to Niles just for that that last bit with the hand, <laughs> to be honest. Just, I love the hand, and just, you know, his little rant, his little speech at the end, I just, I really like it. So I'm, I'm going to give it to Niles on that basis. I am also giving it to Niles um, for all the reasons you've said. I don't need to rehash those. I just want to quickly go back to the top tens because someone in Listener Mail, I think, and we'll get to it, um, did ask us very, very greatly i'm really appreciated they asked this to, for us to recap our top 10 picks because we haven't done that i don't think we do recap the actors but not the top 10s um so as far as i'm aware i picked travels with martin and my coffee with niles and i think that is it um yeah my understanding is my recollection is that we've both picked two top 10s so far and didn't you pick author author as well yeah, so I travelled. Oh, you with didn't Martin. pick. Tra- oh, you picked. Oh, yes, you didn't have my coffee. You had travels and author, author, author. And Will was horrified. He was shocked. People. He was stunned that author, author made the cut, and my coffee with Niles did not. I love author, author, but my coffee is a classic. Um, author, author is phenomenally good. It is Amazing. really good. Um, you stole my mummy. <laughs> you take a mother without ask, as those Russian <laughs> subtitles hmm. once said. It's an interesting um, sentence. Now we just need to decide if we want a interesting sentence. Or a good one. I'm fed up. <laughs> so good. Um, so we've both got two picks. So Key, we both had travels with Martin and Key had author, author. I have my coffee with Nars. So both in season one. We've not had any in season two um, as of yet, but we've still got some episodes to go. And who knows? That could change. Kennedy Burley and Key, our man on the ground. What would he make of the Empire Club? I think we can guarantee Kennedy Burling is a member of the Empire Club. <laughs> Member or upper ranked possible like consigliere? Who, who, how can we say? I mean, we see the president in this episode, but I think that there's a step up, and that step is Kennedy Burling. I think he is. He has a private room off of the mahogany library. 
where he conducts nefarious businesses with his mistresses, I'm sure. Um, <laughs> do you think he went to Princeton? Kennedy obviously went to Princeton. <laughs> <laughs> Kennedy obviously. went to Princeton. Um, excellent, Keith. Thank you. No further explanations needed there. All that remains to say into play is whose crane is anyway. That was a lot of A rhymes. Um, it was very uh, good. I was quite impressed. Before we get to listen to Mal this week, Keith, and I've got one word for you. I think you're going <laughs> to... I think you're going to get this, and it's Orange, orange, orange. I don't want to say any more because you're gonna laugh and you're gonna kick yourself. Am I gonna kick myself? Very um, much so. Orange, orange. Um, I'm genuine. I'm really struggling even to place it in a scene. Um, it's only used once, um, and it's very specific in referring to something. Oh god! <laughs> I was it's trying a good to pick think. this week. I'm, I'm pleased with this. I was trying to think. I mean. Oh, I mean, like, I know Maris, I know Niles. Oh! Go on, I think I do, might know it. Oh. Esther at the club. Oh. And is it the orange and black at Princeton? It is, yeah! It's Frasier, I think. Is it Frasier? It is Frasier. Yes. It's like, wouldn't you rather have worn the orange and black of Princeton? I couldn't have it over here. I would Princeton. Princeton. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, that guy is becoming like the new Kennedy Burling already. He's not even around oh. this episode, but um Princeton man. <laughs> um but yes, key, well played. Well played, it was Frasier. Um so all that remains is to jump over to Listener Mal. Are you ready for that? Uh, yeah, let's do it. Raz, who's our next caller? Okay, so for Listener Mal this week, uh plenty of people wrote in. Great to hear from you all. Clint eight, I believe, a first time poster. Um a few people have mentioned this actually, and I should have remembered this. In an odd coincidence, Tia Leone played Sheila ended up marrying a sex addict in real life David Duchovny um I don't know if, I think it's Duchovny I'm not sure you say he's obviously a guy from X-Files Fox Mulder I'm a huge David Duchovny fan um he was also in Californication which is a, about a kind of sex addict writer so it's kind of biographical in some ways um but yeah there you go good little fact so thank you for that Clint Ace um Tahitian Vanilla put okay guys I literally made a reddit just to be able to comment on these posts I have no idea what I'm doing on this app but I love the podcast I listen on my way to and from work and in my free time I'm trying my best to catch up from the beginning of the podcast, so I'm not listening out of order. I'm officially in season two, so it shouldn't be long now. I've watched the series more times than I can count and always enjoy trying to answer the trivia questions from pure memory without having just watched them. I'm going to figure this app out so I can comment along with everyone everyone uh, everyone else realizing today that there's five or more so years of this podcast made me ecstatic thanks for giving us a real kacl to listen to and call into and that's from rachel who said she's put key on her baby name list after yes. starting this podcast what an amazing comment that is so to be so clear much. if if um if you call your child kieran then you automatically become my favorite lister that is that is, that is what's gonna true. happen oh. i need someone to name their child will asap <laughs> Um, I mean, they could have a second child. They might, <laughs> you know. And whether it's a boy or a girl, I want Will. <laughs> so, <laughs> okay. Um, next up, we've got um, attempted high five. So, Such a good username. Never really seen Cheers, so must admit I have mostly been skipping these apps on my big Fraser rewatch and not showing them to my Fraser skeptic partner. This definitely would have been an app that would have made me decide to be on time to high school back in the day. Only early morning Channel 4 corkers warranted a late arrival to form. <laughs> I love that by about season three, we get Frasier as a show coming into its own more. The reduced amount of applause at Funny Lines sort of occurs around the time that Kelsey sorts his Barnet out. <laughs> Very true. Also, Key, as an archaeologist, I gasped when you mentioned Bone Kickers. <laughs> we had many a drinking game centered around its terribleness at uni, 
At least I think we did. What, what a comment. Terrible. That is. It's an amazing show. It's got Adrian Esther in it. Can't be terrible. Um, it's as well. It's just. It's got a big cast, actually. Yeah, um, it's definitely worth another watch. Another UK listener as well. I love all the references to the UK in there that are just not going to make any ref uh, any sense to US listeners. You know, form, Barnet. Just you should say uh, Barnet Fair, hair. So it means your hair, basically. I, I case... did not know it was Cockney rhyming slang. I, I just did not know that's where it came from. Um, I yeah, use yeah, Barnet but... a lot, but yeah, Barnet Fair, hair. That is great. Um, yeah. yeah, it's really great to have some some British listeners as well. Thank you for that. Tempted high five. Um, Alex T. Book, seven put... Uh, yeah, I think it is that. Alex T. Book. Hi, Will and Key. I adore this show and Frasier. I have some trivia questions, comments regarding an upcoming episode of The Innkeepers. I was wondering where and when would be good for me to drop those in the comments to be read on air. Keep up the good work. Um, so I did reply to this directly to Alex, but anyone else wants to send in trivia... Um, Basically, we put a thread up on Reddit every week. We're normally the, the the episode you see go up on a Sunday. The next episode after that, we have normally recorded. So you have to kind of look ahead two episodes, and I'll I'll usually leave a note. Um, but the best thing to do is to reply to a comment by Cam Winston or Mischief Knight because they are the quote unquote resident quiz masters, and they kind of curate everyone's comments and quiz questions together. Um, so that is your best course of action. Um, and Hamish Winter, who is Cam Winston, he's on Facebook, on Fraser Fan Club, and he has his own little group of people who send us questions that he keeps active on Facebook. And he can add you to that if you find him on Fraser Fan Club and add him as a friend. So that's Hamish Winter. I think I'm right in saying that for trivia questions for the innkeepers, I think we'll be on the thread for the episode An Affair to Forget. That makes think, sense to me. I think that's the episode, two episodes. God, this getting confusing. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. Is the so one after think, that agents in America? Yeah, it's an affair to forget. Then agents in America. Then the innkeepers. So I think I just did two to three more weeks before before that one's up. Yeah, sure. Uh, brilliant, right? And I think Hamish has uh, responded to that actually, so that's fine. Um, do you want to do next, MK's comment? Yeah, fun next mix? up, uh, we've got MK. So great episode again, mates. Uh, a Charlie horse is much different than a dead leg, uh, which to me always meant always meant the the leg fell asleep. Um, but rather, it's a very intense cramp in the calf, like reeling, uh -huh. causing the whole calf to spasm and very much cripple you until it passes. It's really bad. Uh, the name's origin is disputed, but usually attributed to early baseball players experiencing the cramp who were claimed to walk around like a lame old horse named Charlie. <laughs> and there's also an older American children's TV show called Lamb Chops Play Along. Oh, I love that. Oh. Uh, where one of the puppet characters is a horse named Charlie Horse. So uh, I'm surprised no mention of one of my favorite lines in the series from Niles. And what desert island with no hope of rescue was this? <laughs> Frasier admits to sleeping with Sheila. Absolutely um, fantastic. This episode, just fun bits and um, trivia. So Martin again mentions needing better shoes, but no muckabees. Uh, so maybe this is all foreshadowing. Mm. And the actor playing Mr. Drake, William Morgan Shepard, whilst quite prolific in his credits, will always be known to MK for his famous monologue in the 1993 film Gettysburg as yeah. Major General Isaac Trimble about taking that hill. Um, upon looking up the correct spelling of his name, I'm sad to report that as of last year, he's dead, you know. <laughs> oh, that's that's a shame. I think I'm right in saying Mr. Drake was the president of the club, wasn't he? Um, yeah, I not, think he was the guy not, who went, um, what are you trying to say, Crane? 
Yeah, not Princeton man. Who I not think is, is that man. Kenneth Spencer, I think. Yeah, I don't think I could be. I don't think I could handle Mr. Princeton man dying. To be honest, though, right. um, so he probably he, he probably will be close if he's not already. <laughs> Jeez, well, <laughs> that's really sad. He's just going to be old. This is twenty twenty five years ago. Um, if he's listening to this. I mean, imagine that. <laughs> just, yeah, I don't think he's dead, but he's um he might be soon. <laughs> <laughs> I'm oh. not threatening him. I'm not going to do it myself. <laughs> um, thank you, MK. Always love those fun bits. Twelve to eighty-eight. But hey, guys, at some point in the next pod, do you think you could do a quick reminder and rundown of your top tens to date? There you go. So it was uh, it was twelve to eighty-eight that asked for that. Um, so hopefully you you've listened by now and you've you've got that. Um, and Mr. Gerbic put just started listening and I'm really enjoying it. Thanks for making work go a bit faster. Really, really lovely comment there. Thank you, Mr. Gerbic. Reclius says, addiction, blackcurrant chewits. I don't buy them because once I start, the pack is gone within three days. Three days? Mind... Seems like a long time to wait. I'd eat, I'd seem... eat, I'd eat a pack of blackcurrant chewits in like five minutes. Yeah, I mean, my my mum is Pringles. Like, don't oh ever leave. Absolutely. I mean, I spoke about that in a house. Week. Yeah. yeah. Um, always a bad Ridiculous idea. Um, but yeah, Reclia says, I don't mind warm seats, but warm toilet seats make me uncomfortable. That is a good no, shout. Well, yeah. That is. Um, then, um, the club, I really enjoyed this episode, although it was only once the episode shifted to the actual club did it really shine. The moment Frazier's date cancelled, I had a feeling about what was coming next, and I was excited to see how it would go with Daphne going instead. The bickering uh, between Niles and Frasier was fantastic writing, but pales in comparison to Niles' hilarious rant at the end. I'd really agree with that. Yeah, for me, yeah. the only thing that probably stops this being a top 10 for me is that we don't see as much of the club. If it was yeah. um, the last half of the episode, if that had been the whole episode, it could very, very well have been a top 10. Massively so. Um, I was going to apologise. I'm eating lunch right now, listeners, and I have just given myself hiccups because I eat bread way too fast. Um, so... <laughs> You can hear me eagerly. Um, I'll try and edit them out as much as I can. Arkle Gargle Google Goop. But hi, guys. Good timing. Having this come out just after your bonus episode. And cheers. A cheers double header. They record two cheers episodes. Good reference there. Just a couple of small comments. I'm not sure if it's happened yet, but it was nice to see Niles and Roz team up to laugh at Fraser's expense. Not just Niles' desert island line, but also Ross's reaction when Fraser throws out the possibility of Sheila finding him utterly irresistible. Will, loved your customised title graphic this week. The bar setup and the man who really looks like Sam. Um, just a quick thought on the club. The first image that comes to mind is Niles coming into Fraser's apartment with a white scarf draped over his coat. Here we go. That was a good look for him, but think he never wore that again. So that is where I got that from. Argle, gargle, Google, goop. Um, I'm glad you like the... the graphic um for the episode this week but they take me 10 seconds to make but they're really good fun um unfortunately the website i used to make them on has like a, a bunch of stock images and that, i just typed in man and the first one looked perfect for sam um so that kind of worked really well but yeah thank you so much argle gargle um i'm just one before we get to the next comment which i think is cam winston's um Mm-hmm. Sorry, I forgot. Yes, um, Mitchell Edmonds played Princeton Man. No, um, he doesn't have a Wikipedia page. However, he does have an IMDb, uh, and that doesn't, as far as that shows, he's still alive. He's eighty years old. Thank God. Um, so, and he was 
Uh, let me see when his last acting credit was. Um, okay, twenty thirteen. So he's probably retired now. If you are, if you are listening, um, we love you and we hope you're doing well. Um, yeah, we we we, we, we want to hear about your days at Princeton. I'd love to get him on here. I think that'd be so I just, good. Just want the line. Um, just I went to Princeton. That's all it is. That's all. I I'm just want the sound boy of him just saying hello. Welcome to We're Listening. I went to Princeton. <laughs> 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 That's all I want. Um, so yeah, final comment. Um, I think possibly uh, Cam Winston. Well, blow me down, Sam Malone. <laughs> Love him or hate him, he's a great character. And for mine, um, Ted Danson is a wonderful actor. Watching him in CSI, all I could think of it was uh, was him behind a bar serving drinks. Um, but he does seem to get real lost around his hotel room. <laughs> but a great tangent about warm seats. As long as it's not the toilet seat, then I'm okay. Mm-hmm. Addictions, I don't have many, but I used to. I, I love to collect old encyclopedias and, of course, addicted to Frasier. Um, Rebecca married a plumber. I wonder if it was a creasel. That's a good mm. shot. What are you, the plumbing police? <laughs> <laughs> Rebecca and Billy Creasel with the big Mercedes. <laughs> and you've got um, Tia Leone, for me, is weak in this episode and agree they could have done a Maris uh, on her and left her out. She's married to David Duchovny in real life, who, from memory, is actually a sex addict. So the irony is well played, albeit coincidental at the time of this episode's filming. Peace, lads. Up the villa, Hammy. We don't need to say up the villa this week. We definitely do not need to say that. Um, I kind of feel bad for David Duchovny, who's probably been very open on the record about his sex addiction, and yet everyone seems to know about it on these comments. Uh, <laughs> no one's like, oh, yeah, she was married to Fox Mulder from X-Files. She's like, oh, she was married to a guy who was a sex addict. Um <laughs> Kind of sad, but you know, yeah, I think he. I do think he went to rehab and got treatment for it and stuff. Um, and I'm certainly not making light of that because it's a it's a very serious thing. Um, but yeah, it's just poor David Acardo. And we have one more comment actually from Frightened Refugee 55, who put hearing the Vic Rashi 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 reference reminded me of the discussion about Ken Burns's baseball a few weeks back. I cannot recommend that documentary enough. If it's possible to explain America through the marriage of sport and film, baseball does a good job of it. It also makes a soothing bedtime viewing much like Frasier does. And Will, if you're still interested in reading Roger Kahn's The Boys of Summer, the two episodes covering the 40s and 50s may be especially appealing because they are very Brooklyn-centric, so much so that you may even wish to watch them first instead of going chronologically. Um, amazing comment here because I've literally, over the last couple of days, I've been trying to look up some Ken Burns documentaries and I really do want to take the plunge on baseball and, and maybe the Civil War one as well. And interesting you should say that as well, Um because about the, the, the Brooklyn centric, I my PhD, as, as I mentioned, weeks and weeks and weeks ago, is on small town America, and I know that features a lot in the baseball documentaries. That's kind of the the bit I'm looking forward to the most, actually. But yeah, great comment, and thank you everyone who wrote in this week. Um, really, really great observations and trivia and all sorts. We love reading them out. Next week, Key, it is season two, episode nineteen. Someone to watch over me, where Frasier has a secret admirer. Um, that quickly gets out of hand, I would say. Um, takes it actually quite a spooky episode. If if I if I could stretch that much, I think there's a lot of tension in this episode. And if, the, if there was a quote unquote scariest episode of Frasier, I think this would be it personally. And I'm a big fan of this episode. It just creeps me out a little bit. Any final comments? If you need me, I'll be at my club. <laughs> I went to Princeton. <laughs> That's my follow comment. Um, with uh, if you just a quick reminder, you can find us on Twitter at Fraser Pod um, on Facebook. We're listening fan uh, Fraser Podcast um, on Reddit as well at reddit.com forward slash r 
forward slash Frasier and we post that every week. <clears throat> and as a reminder, because a few people have donated, and I just want to say thanks to them. I think it was Duncan, Duncan Britton. I can't quite remember what, what your name was, Duncan. I know it was definitely Duncan and I know you'll be listening. Um, an extremely generous donation over at ko-fi.com forward slash FraserPod where you can buy me and Key a quote unquote cup of coffee. Duncan's donation, uh, he's eligible to pick any item of media he wants for us to review. I think... Um, yeah, have you received any more um, requests? We haven't, actually. No, I, I, the Simpsons one, I was adamant that we'd had two people ask. And Corey reminds me, it was Corey, Mischief Knight, our very own Quizmaster, who suggested the Springfield Files or You Only Move Twice. So he just, one, he knows us so well, because those are amazing choices. Um, but yeah, I for some reason had someone else in my head. But I did go back. If anyone's listening, I think Lynn Rob, Lynn Rob made a donation. She, if it's she, is eligible. So please get in touch because I, I, the coffee platform is not good at all for messaging people. Duncan has made a donation. Corey's made a do- donation, and someone else made a donation. Um, made a request, Key. I don't know if you saw. Actually, you won't have seen this. They made a request for us to watch an episode of a of a show called Violet Evergreen, which is an anime show. I, I was not familiar with it. And um, I've, I've kind of, I'll say this on air because I did message them. And I'm not sure if they've seen it. Um, by all means, we will we'll take a stab at it because we, we have said this is your choice. But you and I don't know anything about anime. We don't watch anime. Um, so I don't want them to feel shortchanged in their selection if we don't do a particularly great job. So I have said, you know, if they, there's another choice that they're more than welcome to. So just bear that in mind. But yeah. Um, um, like towards the start of it or something, is it what did they give a particular episode? I just think the first episode, um, just yeah. because, you know, episode, that, we might do a bit of a better job given that they're obviously um, a big fan of the show. And obviously it's, it's flattering. They wanted to hear our takes on it. But I just it's so out of our usual wheelhouse and the things we reference on this episode. I have just said, you know, if, if you're listening, um, you, you feel free to, to make another suggestion if you want, because it's your choice. And we don't want to, uh, you know, to half. We wouldn't half ask anything, but we don't want you to like feel shortchanged anyway. Um, but yeah, I think that's everything. So I've been Will. Ben K. And thank you very much for listening to We're Listening. Hey, baby, I hear the blues are calling. Toss salads and scrambled eggs. Oh, my. And maybe I seem a bit confused. Yeah, maybe. But I got you pegs. <laughs> but I don't know what to do with those tossed salads and scrambled eggs.